For Friday, October 29th, it's the early word from the WNYC Newsroom. I'm Lance Lucky, in for Isaac Davey Aronson with a look at this morning's top news stories, the day ahead, and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, Karen DeWitt says state workers may sue Governor Patterson over his plan to lay off nearly 900 state workers before the end of the year. And New York's ballot has been nominated for a dubious design award. We'll start with the morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. Whatever the courts or Congress may decide about Don't Ask, Don't Tell, it appears most American service members and their families are okay with letting gays serve openly. Military officials who ask to remain anonymous say that's the result of a survey sent out to 400,000 troops and 150,000 family members this past summer. The results will be officially released in December. And just weeks after an imprisoned Chinese dissident writer won the Nobel Peace Prize, China's Communist Party newspaper has published a scathing attack on Western-style democracy. The article criticizes concepts such as multi-party democracy and separation of powers as unsuited to China. The imam leading the effort to build an Islamic cultural center and mosque near the World Trade Center is brushing aside a suggestion by one of his past benefactors that the project should be moved to another location. Imam Faisal Abdul Rauf was responding to remarks by Saudi Prince Al-Walid bin Talal, one of the world's richest men, who told a magazine based in the United Arab Emirates that he was against putting the project, known as Park 51, close to Ground Zero, because doing so would, quote, agitate the wound caused by the 9-11 attacks. But Imam Rauf says the center belongs in Lower Manhattan because he and other backers have worked and prayed there for many years. Three more defendants have been indicted by a grand jury in the anti-gay gang attacks in the Bronx. D.A. Robert Johnson announced the indictments yesterday on various charges, including gang assault, robbery, and sexual abuse. A total of seven men have now been indicted in the October 3rd attacks on two teens and two men, which prosecutors say came after the group, who called themselves the Latin King Goonies, discovered one of their teen recruits was gay. Forty-seven troubled New York City public schools may be phased out or given extra support to improve. Sixteen more low-performing elementary and middle schools have just been added to the list. The roster also includes 19 schools the city had wanted to phase out before the teachers' union and the NAACP won a lawsuit blocking the action earlier this year. United Federation of Teachers President Michael Mulgrew says the city is still too eager to close schools instead of fixing them. There hasn't been a process where we get identify schools when they start first having issues and go in and help them uh, get the right support. But Department of Education officials say hearings are taking place at all of the schools for parents, teachers, and community leaders before any decisions are made later this year. New York is getting another $28 million for railroad projects upstate in the latest round of federal funding aimed at improving the nation's rail infrastructure for high-speed trains. The Syracuse area is getting $18 million, most of which will go toward expanding the city's transportation center. The new funding comes on top of the previously announced $151 million in federal stimulus money that New York is getting for high-speed rail projects across Amtrak's Empire Corridor, stretching from New York City to Niagara Falls. Meanwhile, Amtrak officials say the railroad has agreed to buy 70 new electric locomotives from German manufacturer Siemens for $466 million. Amtrak President Joseph Boardman said the new locomotives will replace those in use on Amtrak's Northeast Regional and Keystone routes that are between 20 and 30 years old and have an average of 3.5 million miles. 
Siemens will build the locomotives at its plant in Sacramento, California, creating about 250 jobs. Governor Patterson says he's not to blame for the controversy that's dogged a planned casino at the Aqueduct Racetrack. A report by the state inspector general accuses Patterson and leading Democrats in the legislature of rigging the bidding process for an unqualified, politically connected company. While attending the groundbreaking for the casino in Queens, the governor said the old process that he inherited lacked crucial procurement and lobbying rules. When you don't have those kind of rules, you see the results. And the ethics legislation that I introduced earlier this year would cure all of this for all time. Patterson says he reformed the process to select the current contractor. Developers say the casino will create more than 2,000 jobs and generate more than $300 million in state revenues annually. The midterm elections are several days away. But New York's ballot has already been nominated for a dubious design award, which highlights the most confusing and unclear documents. Whitney Quessenberry with the Center for Plain Language says she nominated the New York ballot for the Wondermark Award because of its inaccurate instructions and poor design. She says her goal is not to ridicule the designers, but to seek improvements. Understand your audience, design it well, write it well, and then test it to make sure that you came around full circle because you don't get a do-over, right? If there's a mistake on that ballot, it's going to go out into the election. It might change the course of American history. Last year's grand prize for the Wondermark Award went to the I-94 form, which is what foreign visitors must fill out when they enter the U.S. The Pace University football team plans to honor slain teammate Danroy D.J. Henry Saturday at its first game since the 20-year-old student was shot and killed by police in Westchester County last Sunday. There will be a moment of silence, and the Pace team will symbolically play without Henry by fielding a squad of only 10 players on the first defensive play of the home game against the University of New Haven. The Massachusetts student was killed when two officers fired at his moving car while responding to a disturbance in Thornwood. Police and witness accounts differ. A lawyer for Henry's family has called for the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate. The family will hold a memorial service in Boston today. And finally, the Bronx River is now home to thousands of oysters, thanks to a research project by the Parks Department, the Hudson River Foundation, and the Bronx River Alliance. But they're not coming to a restaurant near you. The oysters naturally filter contaminants to improve water quality. The hope is that as the oysters multiply generation after generation on top of one another, they'll form a complex three-dimensional structure that provides a habitat for fish and shellfish. The goal is to create 500 acres of oyster reefs in New York waters by 2015. Taking a look at the calendar, President Obama speaks about the economy at an event in the Washington area. Secretary of State Clinton makes her second trip to Vietnam in less than four months as she continues her Asian tour. On the economic front, the Bureau of Labor Statistics releases third quarter employment cost index. And also this morning, the Commerce Department releases third quarter gross domestic product. The economy likely expanded at a greater rate last quarter as Americans loosened their collective tight grip on their wallets. But that expected growth was not strong enough to make a noticeable dent in high unemployment. And this afternoon, the Federal Reserve releases the latest data on assets and liabilities of U.S. commercial banks. Just a few things happening this Friday. Workers will soon begin shoveling tons of dirt back into the hole that was to be the transit tunnel under the Hudson River. Governor Christie declared the project officially dead yesterday. WNYC's Matthew Sherman reports. New Jersey officials broke ground on the tunnel more than a year ago, 
but construction has really only started in just one place, an underpass under Routes 1 and 9 in North Bergen. New Jersey Transit spokesman Paul Wyckoff says about a third of the underpass has been dug so far. It will be filled up with the dirt that came out of it, most of which is still at the work site. NJ Transit and the Port Authority will also review the properties they bought up on either side of the Hudson. They'll determine which they should keep and which should be sold off in order to recoup some of the half billion dollars spent on the aborted tunnel. For WNYC, I'm Matthew Sherman. Governor Christie says he now wants to focus on investments in roads and bridges within New Jersey. New Jersey Democratic Senator Frank Lautenberg is calling for an investigation into the tunnel's termination. He says he wants to know if the state's transportation commissioner violated ethics laws by participating in the process. Union leaders for state workers are threatening legal action over Governor Patterson's plans to lay off nearly 900 employees by the end of the year. Karen DeWitt has more from Albany. The Public Employees Federation called the layoff plan an outrage and illegal, saying it violates a signed agreement that promised no layoffs in 2010. PEF spokeswoman Darcy Wells says services will be affected, and she cites the case of the recently fired Environmental Commissioner Pete Granis, whose agency leaked a memo warning of harmful effects from the proposed layoffs. What about making sure our water is safe? What about response to chemical spills and those types of things? That's what we're concerned about. CSEA President Danny Donahue says the layoff plan is irresponsible and won't save the taxpayers money because most will likely collect unemployment. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. And finally, the Chinese choreographer who created the opening ceremony for the Beijing Olympics is giving New Yorkers and tourists alike a treat. The Shen Wei Dance Arts Company performed in Times Square last night. The piece portrays the cultural differences in human interaction between people in the East and West. Shen Wei is actually based in New York, and he says he knows a lot about both worlds. In Eastern, maybe they may think of life of more u- unity like a more, more as a group, but in here we're talking about individualism. Shen Wei's dance company will perform around town today. To see images of the performance, head to our culture page at WNYC.org. Say you don't believe in Wrapping it up with the Gig Alert. Urban folk and jazz singer K.J. Denhert has nine musicians powered by strong reggae beats on her upcoming release, album number nine, which aptly drops on November 9th. Denhert performs tomorrow night at 55 Bar in the West Village. You can download her song, Choose Your Weapon, on our culture site. Just click culture at WNYC.org. You can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, and go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. That's all at our website, wnyc.org. Hear us there 24 hours a day, and of course on the air at 93.9 FM and AM 820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Lance Lucky. Have a good day. If you don't choose a weapon, boy, we'll choose our gun for your son.